Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Whoa. There's Miles Garrett. Whoa. Yeah. Miles Garrett is a large human being. And oh, six foot four. It's a little bit easier to dunk when you're six four, but it's effortless. That is unfair. No one is getting in his way. No one is taking a charge. It's definitely not. When they're playing basketball with Miles Garrett. Go ahead. You want to drive? Go ahead. You can drive. I'm <laughs> right. not getting in your way. Oh, without a doubt. Is that, is that, uh, is that Mason Rudolph out there? Uh, you're funny. Well, I mean, it's funny he's wearing a Jurassic Park tank top, too, because he's built like a dinosaur. I mean, look at those arms. Holy cow. No, that is not, unbelievable. He's not built like a T-Rex. <laughs> no, he's not. You're right. <laughs> arms are bigger than the T-Rex. He's got the advantage there. Uh, I, I mean, NFL defense ends are are the specimen of specimens, really, when it comes to being like those Greek god types, right, Mike? I mean, I can just remember the first time I saw Simeon Rice in person. You know, walking into that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and, and everything like that. I mean, shoulders that don't even fit on the TV screen, you know, long arms, you know, big, broad chest. And, of course, just, you know, an unbelievable lower body. But, man, if, if you were going to be built like anything, you know, defensive end is probably like one of those. You'd go, oh, I'd aspire to look like that. He looks larger. He does. Now, than, and, and maybe it's just being out of pads. Because the pads do have a way of concealing some of that size. The, the guy, the guy's huge, he scary is. huge. Well, and it's the time and, of the year where you start to get into like you know your power lifting probably too, right? I wouldn't be shocked if he's been in the gym pretty hard. You know, okay, let me work on strength and all those things, and maybe he's not doing a whole lot of running and sprinting yet. So he probably is a little larger than what he plays at during the year. But this is the time to do that to build that strength and explosiveness. Well, he is definitely playing a little basketball, and he's not facing a whole lot of resistance as he tries to drive to the hoop. <laughs> I can't think of many people who aren't offensive linemen in the NFL who would try to get in the way of Miles Garrett. It's PFT Live. It's a Thursday edition. Peacock, Sirius XM 211, NBCSN, Sky Sports NFL, and wherever you get your podcasts. Miles Garrett has been chasing around Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers' starter, and it's getting closer to official that he will be the starter in 2021. After the show ended yesterday, and we spent some time trying to figure out where all this was heading, Art Rooney II issued a statement that says a lot, but doesn't say everything. Here's what Rooney had to say. Ben Roethlisberger and I met yesterday. That was Tuesday morning. We had a productive meeting. We were able to discuss a lot of things that relate to where we are and where we want to go. Ben assured me that he is committed to coming back to help us win, and I told Ben that we would like to have him back to help us win a championship. Here is the key line. We both understand that the next step is to work out Ben's contract situation. I'll say it again, Chris. Yep. If it's just a matter of taking that $19 million he's due to make this year and moving it around, a little abracadabra under the salary cap, it's not easy to do. It could be done in less than an hour 
or 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 less than that. It could be done in 15 minutes. It's not hard. You take the 19 million, you convert 18.025 million of it to wait, 18.925 million of it, excuse me, into a signing bonus. You reduce his salary to the minimum of 1.075. That 18.925 gets spread over three, four, five years, and it minimizes the additional amount that gets put onto the 22.25 million in past cap charges that will hit the cap this year. They're trying to land between 22.25 and 41.25. It should not be hard to figure that part of it out unless the Steelers wanted to take less than 19 million. That's the big question that is yet to be resolved. But I feel like that's what the Steelers have been dancing around. And then at the last possible minute, they're going to say, oh, by the way, we'd really like it if you'd take 15, 14, yeah, right. 13, whatever million sure. less than 19 million. Well, I I mean, I, I would expect that to be the case at some point, that that will be the conversation. Like you said, I mean, hey, I think they'll work out. They're going to work out the particulars. You're right. It's not going to be that hard to do, but now they got to kind of get into the nitty gritty uh, of the details. And what is, what is Ben willing to go out there and play? What is, what is he willing to compromise on the money situation? You know, I would think at this point of his career where he's at, and we've talked about this a lot with all the money he's made, um, that he he's obviously realistic and knows where the team is at in the salary cap situation it's more about legacy at this point than anything. I think for for a guy like Ben Roethlisberger trying to get back to a Super Bowl, maybe win a third one, that puts you in a special class of quarterbacks, certainly. So I would expect. I I mean I don't know, Mike. My gut says I think he's gonna he's gonna you know bow down to those needs. He might go south of eighteen. Maybe he'll get down into ten to twelve million dollars. He's made a ton of money, and they're certainly. Hey, they're certainly taking a chance. I don't want to say a chance, but they're taking a chance on an older quarterback who didn't play great towards the end of the year, as we know. But also, you know, there's not many other options out there for them as we sit here right now either. So uh, I'll I'll be interested to see where it goes. But I do expect them to take that that big-time pay cut. I don't know that I do or that I don't. All I know is at this point it hadn't – well, I don't know as of – today as of yesterday as and more accurately as of Tuesday late afternoon early evening the Steelers to my understanding had not yet broached the possibility of taking less than 19 that it was always about being creative to to, but you don't it's there's no creativity involved we know the formula you take the money he's going to make you reduce it to the minimum and you convert the rest of it to a bonus that gets spread over multiple years they've been doing that ever since a salary cap has been in existence. That's why teams get themselves into cap trouble because they deal with short-term cap issues by kicking dollars into future years with that device, and then the reckoning comes later. That's why they're facing $22.25 million under Ben Roethlisberger's name this year, even if he's not on the team. I mean, that that charge is, is there. It's permanent. It's right. not getting changed. It's not getting moved. They're not going to get his his cap number below that. The question is, how close to that can they get? And I think of it this way. If Ben Roethlisberger were due to become a free agent March 17, yeah. given the salary cap dropping down to 182, 183, is anybody paying him $19 million for this year on a one-year deal? I, anybody going to pay him $19 million? I, 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 uh, yeah, that's major iffy. You're right. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of suitors out there. You're right. Not the way he looked at the end of the year. We know the injury history. He's been banged up. We know that, you know, or at least we think we know about the knee issues. You certainly could see it on film as we discussed earlier in the week about this conversation. There was a difference, and I do believe he was injured because – Early in the year, there was more bounce and movement in the pocket as the year went on, and you thought, wait, is he hurt? We were hearing some of those rumors about the knee and all that. It became more stagnant and you know less movement with his feet in the pocket. So, no, I, I think you're right, Mike. It's different than Phillip Rivers or Tom Brady last year. There's, there's a little bit more of a risk with Ben Roethlisberger attached to him, and I don't know if there would be that kind of market for him out there. I and don't I think, think there would that's – yeah. That's that's part of this mm-hmm. because you, you can't do the lifetime achievement award contract now, not with the cap going down, and you can't pay him for anything he's ever done in the past. It can only be, what will you do for me this year? What can I expect this year? What would the market for your services be this year? And I think that's a fair question. 
if the Steelers and Ryan Toner, remember Roethlisberger's agent, are right. going to be communicating about this, yeah. you know, is it is it fair? I don't know, but I I, I sure would raise that point. Hey, uh, Ben's due to make nineteen million from us this year. We don't think anybody else would pay him nineteen million. You're you're free to go see if anyone would, but we, we think that that what he gets this year should be more in line with the market for his services. And remember, it was Ben Roethlisberger who said back when this all first bubbled up a few weeks ago, "I don't care how much I get paid this year." Okay, you don't. Yeah. How about one point oh seven five million? Well, how about let's how about let's just how about let's just create eighteen point nine two five million in cap space by dropping you all the way to the minimum for this year. With no funny business, with no movement of money, just just a straight drop from 19 to the minimum. Let's do that if you don't care. So I, I think that's why it hasn't been done, because it would be easy to do the restructuring that still gives him 19 million. It's harder to do the restructuring that gives him less, because the first thing you got to do is figure out what that less is going to be. Right. Well, and I think your, your point's real. I don't think it's... Um... Uh, again, I, I don't think they're going to be able to shop him out in the market right now. And you look at the teams that have quarterback situations, none of them scream, ooh, this this is a spot for we got a ready team and we need a guy who's been there, done that, and we want a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. None of, none of those situations scream that to me. So the, the, I don't think there is a market out there. And, you know, listen, you could certainly sit here and argue – that the last contract or the contract he's on currently was very generous of the Pittsburgh Steelers to Big Ben. I mean, that contract in itself is a little bit of like, hey, you know, you're still good, but it's also a little icing on top and some sprinkles and everything else because of things you did in all the other years leading up to this. I felt like that was a little bit of a gift in itself that way as far as that contract's concerned. But uh, – you know, again, I can speak for myself. Uh, I I would take a significant pay cut if I was in a, a situation like Big Ben Roethlisberger. Significant. I don't know, you know, where he finds the line of respect or disrespect. Does he still want to just, you know, be in the $10 million range just to say, hey, like, I am out here throwing touchdown passes and doing some things, and I'd like to have a little bit, you know, money coming my way and, and protection for the year of or what I'm doing. But Hey, they got a. They got. Does he want Bud Dupree on the team next year? Does he want a, Does he want Juju Smith-Schuster back? You know, those are the type of things. Depending on how much he's willing to take less, certainly increases their chances to sign back those guys, and especially a guy like Bud Dupree, where you know we we would we would say him and T.J. Watt was the best pass rush combination in football before they got hurt last year. They gave Ben a two-year extension in 2019 with a $37.5 million signing bonus, right. $34 million average salary on the extension, and again, a package of $19 million this year. Because some people would look at that and say, boy, $19 million, that's not much. He's made his money on this deal previously. And in the year that he got the, the signing bonus of $37.5 million, he appeared in two games. And I think that's part of this, too. What, what risk are you That's willing I mean, to take right. as the Steelers, yeah. given the possibility that, that he's going to break down? He turns 39 next week. But, Chris, there was a clue in Art Rooney's statement that reinforces what you and I were saying yesterday, that the Steelers are far enough removed from the way things went poorly at the end of the season to start feeling confident about the next season. Because what Rooney said is, I, would, I told Ben that we would like to have him back to help us win a championship. Right. They think they can win they do. a championship. They've come to the conclusion, because I think as of last week, Kevin Colbert, the GM of the team, was kind of like, well, we're really not sure what we're going to have around him. And I think from their perspective, it was, if we're not going to really be in a position to go grab the brass ring, why, why do we want to continue this relationship? Right. They have since decided they think they're going to be in a position to grab the brass ring. I don't. A lot of things can happen. Sure. I mean, they're, they're at least in the in the mix. They are. And the injuries can happen to other teams, too, which make it easier for you to grab the brass ring. But that that it's it's I still think we get to October, November, December. There's going to be mutual regret that they did that one last year, uh, especially if Ben takes less money 
and and ends up being a little bit resentful. Like he feels like I have no choice but to take less money well, because they kind of back me into a corner here. He may get a little pissy. Sorry, London, about that. And I still think there's a chance neither side wants to be the villain, and they both are kind of interested in ending this. I still think that's hovering over this situation to some degree. I I I mean I, I uh, maybe a, a little bit there. I, I'm not going to totally disagree with that, but I think they're in a they're in a corner a little bit about where their team is at. You know, they have a Super Bowl defense, and then, you know, the offense, I think they could probably look at it and go, wait, wide receivers are great. Okay, quarterback is old and, you know, a little crickety and whatever else, but still, you know, like you – I don't know. You know what I mean? But crickety. Ri- ri- yeah, I don't crickety, know. Crickety, crickety. Yeah, crickety, right. crickety. One of those, right. Jiminy crickety. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's like, I think that's where it was in my head there. Um, but they, I think they also look, like you said, evaluate their team, and they go – Man, you know, Big Ben still made a number of really good high-level throws during the year, and we didn't do him justice. And they probably look at some of their fixes and go, okay, I mean, it's not crazy to think we can't get this offensive line with a new offensive coordinator and get two, you know, two new pieces on the offensive line and maybe, you know, re-sign Alejandro Villanueva back on the team. And they go, no, we're, we're, we're closer to the top and on the bottom. So I think that that's probably what they come to as far as the realization is that. And and then the other thing, Mike, too, like, so what? Shove them in a corner. Like, st- like, what, 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 what do we get? Like, we got to stop this. First off, at his age right now, he's not as good as Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady take, took $25 million last year. And you and I both know, and most people in football know this that have been around the league. New England shoved Tom Brady in the corner a bunch. And he wasn't you know, old and crickety like big men was at that time, you know, back in 2012 and 13 and 14, those years when, you know, Brady was taking less, it wasn't like he was raising his hand and going, Hey, I want to take less. Uh, I want to take less money. No, they were kind of like, you haven't played all that great. Those last few years, you're going to get this. Do you want to roll the dice and go somewhere else? And Brady went, no, I don't. I'll stay here. And then, of course, he improved his game, and then he regained the power because he was like, no, I'm pretty good still. Now what do you want to do? But what what's wrong with force? Like It's gotten lost in this era of football. You know, when I, when I was growing up, quarterbacks got forced in the corner all the time. I, I don't know where that happened or that disconnect, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that for a team to do it. These are just, I think, some of the natural – aches and pains that relate to the ultimate separation from a long-term franchise yeah. quarterback. Yeah. And I think that that the Steelers are walking on eggshells a little bit here, just a little bit. And I think Ben is saying all the right things too, because at the end of the day, th- there's a fan base that's caught in the middle. Sure. that's paying very close attention to what's happening here. And I really do think that's, that's part of it. A relationship that hasn't lasted quite as long as the one between the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger continues in San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo, the starting quarterback under contract for two more years. Plenty of speculation about the 49ers looking to upgrade. John Lynch, the team's general manager, appearing on the I Test for Two podcast with Clark Judge and Ira Kaufman, had this to say about Jimmy Garoppolo's immediate future. If he's injury-free... Is there any doubt in your mind that Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback when you line up in September? No, not at all. I mean, I, I really believe that he, uh, you know, I just look at the numbers. I mean, he's 25 and 24 and nine, 25 and nine when he's played, um, you know, though being available is a big part of this thing. So, like I said, we, we probably as a uh, stated goal, we have to insulate ourselves better and we got to have better options if he's not there. Um, but, you know, I've, I've watched people go through this in the career where they struggle. It happened to me early, and then I went eight years without missing a practice. So I believe that things can happen. I, I believe they will for him. And, 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 you know, I really believe that Jimmy is our guy. I am reminded of the classic opening argument in the trial at the conclusion of My Cousin Vinny when Joe Pesci's character says everything that guy said is BS, but he didn't say BS. And he said thank you. And the entire opening argument was then stricken from the record except thank you. John Lynch said what he had to say. 
He said what he had to say. He's not going to come out and say, we're looking for an upgrade. He's not going to say that because then you undermine your guy before you get your upgrade. And you also undermine your ability to get an upgrade. You have to play it cool. You have to like act like he's our guy. He's due to make $25 million this year. Chris, no one's paying him $25 million. If no one's paying Big Ben $19 million, no one's paying Jimmy G in his 23 missed games over the last three years, $25 million. Not this year. No, maybe not, but it's still a very manageable number. It's not uh, To me, that won't be the thing that ends up getting him off the San Francisco 49ers or anything like that. Listen, he doesn't have to say they're looking to upgrade. We know. Jimmy knows. We, we know. We've heard. They were in the market for Matthew Stafford. You know, we hear the rumblings about the Deshaun Watson. So... Okay, those two. Yes, if you can get those two quarterbacks, I, I mean, listen, Jimmy G's got to be somewhat realistic here and go, well, yeah, I'm I'm good, but I'm not Matt Stafford or Deshaun Watson, so I understand the team looking at that. Uh, he's He's got to have that realization there, let alone to know that I have been injured. But after you get to those two guys, I mean – I don't. There's nobody out there right now. You can sit there and just go. They're definitively better than Jimmy G, right? I mean, not, at least not to me. I mean, Sam Darnold. If he became available from the Jets, that certainly would be a good conversation. And I think he does bring, you know, physical tools to the field that maybe Jimmy G does not have. Jimmy G is a fringe, top half of the league quarterback, 16 through 20, somewhere in there. All right, and of course he knows the system. The team does like him, and I, I guess w what I'm saying is I think they're going to stick with Jimmy G unless something gets presented to them that's just obvious. And and I, I think the other thing that he said that was interesting there, Mike, and the big thing, and this is to me where you know the 49ers really got to do this. No more C.J. Bethards. And 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 though and Nick Mullins, that's over. Bye. See you later. We need to get somebody in there that is a proven commodity to a degree. You got to protect your team this year. We can't just go with those guys. Whether that's an Andy Dalton or a Ryan Fitzpatrick or somebody like that that's on the market, you've got to have at least a good backup behind Jimmy G this year to protect your team and to protect their jobs. Shanahan and John Lynch. Yeah, I agree with you. And the other side of it, too, we can't just gloss over the 23 missed games. No, The we games can't. he missed in 2018 were the direct result of stupidity on his part, misguided machismo. You're when he's right. getting toward the sidelines, he decides he wants to drop a shoulder and deliver a blow instead of getting the hell out of bounds, and he tears his ACL. I remember watching that with you. We yeah. thought he hurt his shoulder. Right, right. We thought remember he injured that? his shoulder. Yeah. And he's got a torn ACL because he had to be a tough guy. And, and plant his leg and deliver a blow and blow out his knee in the process. That's all on him. And John Lynch compared Garoppolo's struggles to stay healthy with Lynch's. Lynch is out there throwing his body at anything that moves. Garoppolo plays the position that is in bubble wrap relative to other positions. There's no excuse for not being available each and every week. Yes, there can be a fluke like Bernard Pollard coming in low and coming in hot and tearing Tom Brady's ACL to start the 2008 season when Pollard was playing for the Chiefs and Brady was gone just like that. But it's these real. These injuries, it's it's and it's it's got to it's got to be a factor when you assess who else is available. One of the big check marks in favor of the alternative option is we think this guy can line up and play. I mean, sure. I don't, look, the, I don't think the Vikings are going to move Kirk Cousins because they don't have a better alternative. But I think if Cousins was available, I think your guy Kyle would jump on him in a heartbeat. And you know what? Cousins doesn't miss games. Cousins lines up and plays every yes, single week. Yes, he does. Cousins knows how to avoid taking big hits and getting himself pretzeled up and getting himself injured. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with what you said there. I mean, Cousins is a, a clear upgrade from Jimmy G, in my opinion. You know, we just talked. Yeah, I, I think Cousins, like we said yesterday, He's a fringe top 10 quarterback, you know, in that area where we just talked Jimmy G, at least for my money, is somewhere between 16, 21, somewhere like that. So there is a difference there. And hey, listen, the injury thing, you know, you can be unlucky. You can be unlucky to what John Lynch is saying, you know, to a degree. Hey, my, my own father, his, the first five years of his career, he battled injury. Now, you know, the quarterback position was a lot different then. There was no rules to protect you, but... You know, he did have that little stigma around him, and then 1984, fifth year of his career comes around, and all of a sudden he kind of justified it. But this is, 
the play you're talking about, Kansas City, last year, you know, of course, against the New York Jets. And then let's not forget, in his chance during the suspension for Tom Brady, he got hurt in the, this, the first half of the second game he started for them that year, too. So that would worry me. There's no doubt about that. But I think where they stand with everything, the where their team is at, you know, I expect Jimmy G to be their quarterback unless something just obvious presents itself. And to me right now, the only thing out there that's actually obvious is Deshaun Watson. And the 49ers traded away picks last year to get an extra pick in the first round. You know, I don't know if they have the assets to make that type of move. They're probably going to have to, they probably have to trade a number of players on their team to try to get Deshaun Watson. And I don't know if it's worth it to do that either. So uh, they're, they're, I think they're going to have Jimmy G back uh, unless something shocking happens. But the big thing is, and to your point, it, they got to have an insurance policy this year. You got to. You can't roll the dice on a guy that, oh, he's young and I like him and I think he could be something. No, we, we need something we know and he can come in and your team won't miss a beat if Jimmy G does go down. The Jets reportedly are going to explore all of the options that will be available to them at quarterback in the draft before deciding what to do with Sam Darnold, the third overall pick in 2018. Yeah. If the Jets decide we're going to take a quarterback, whether it's Zach Wilson or someone else right. with the second overall pick, and Sam Darnold is available, is he an upgrade in your mind over Jimmy G? Yes. In that offense? As a, as a, yes, he is. Uh, he is. Uh, you know, uh, Sam Darnold, lightning quick release, and he is awesome in the pocket. He is awesome. He is like a, a Manny Pacquiao in the pocket, the way he can hop around and do things like that to where – yeah, I think he is an upgrade, you know, as a player over Jimmy G. I, I definitely do. And listen, I think this is going to end up being a real possibility because Zach Wilson, I mean, just, just, I, I'm in the earliest. Zach Wilson's really impressive, Mike. It, he's really impressive. The gap between him and Trevor Lawrence is not as great as I thought just after watching really basically some highlight type uh, film on him the last few days. It's not as great as I thought, and I'm interested to dive in here because it's a little closer than I thought it was going to be, too. Wilson's got some. This kid's got something to him. There's no doubt about it. He's got some pizzazz, some flair, an awesome arm, and he's got this Mahomes magic. So I would think the Jets are going to watch film of Zach Wilson and go, whoa, wait. Do we want to take this guy? And th th this, is, this is something to watch out for here over you know, the next few weeks or months or as we lead up to the draft. Can't help but wonder whether or not the Texans are going to watch film and say, do we want to take the second overall pick from the Jets and give him Deshaun Watson plus whatever else the Jets would give us for Deshaun Watson that's and a good, take Zach Wilson? That's I think a good if thought. people wake up to that, that could change dynamics for a lot of teams. Yep. But but here's, here's the bottom line. Right. If and when the 49ers upgrade over Jimmy G, it's not like anyone is going to bash John Lynch over the head with the words that he used recently no about jimmy g that no. you just yeah he said what he had to say under the circumstances no different than carson wentz being referred to by howie roseman on january 4 as a finger on your hand and then chopping that finger off weeks later you say what you have to say given the circumstances you find yourself in and they gain nothing by saying, well, you know what? If we could find an upgrade over Jimmy G, he wouldn't be the quarterback yeah. week one. You're, yeah. you're going to say until you have the two in the bush yes. in your hand right. that the bird in the hand is the one who is going to be running the offense. All right. Uh, Drew Brees has been running the offense in New Orleans since 2006. Ooh. Three weeks and one day now. Oh, you got a counter. You're counting my this math now? is <laughs> yes, because Sean Payton was on with us. I know, and he said he said with no equivocation. Now again, it may be another John Lynch situation, but he said I, there's no re. He said we expect an announcement within a week to a week and a half. He said it. I know. We're three weeks and one day removed. It's and a little there's curious. no announcement. Right. There's no announcement that Drew Brees is retired, and he's already slashed. He he did what we suggested that Ben could do. If Ben really doesn't care about what he's making, all right, take your salary all the way down to the minimum. Drew's done that with no quid pro quo, no trade off. It was a. It looked like just a gesture of goodwill to the Saints at a time when they're figuring out how best to manage the cap charge arising from the money paid to Drew Brees in the past. And when I saw that he dropped his salary with nothing in return from 25 to 1.075 creating 24.925 million in cap space 
for the Saints. Right. I, I, that's it. He's done. He's retiring. Why would you? Why would you give up all that money all the way down to the minimum? Yeah. And get nothing back unless this is just a precursor to walking away and leaving the team in the best pay, best possible cap position after you retire. But he he still hasn't. He still hasn't. And so it was a goodwill, or do you think it was a power play to kind of put? The I, I don't know. There, I, know. I don't. I don't know. I right. mean, it, here we are, three weeks and one day removed, and. Shereen Williams and I were debating this a little bit last night on PFTPM. She's like, well, you know, he's busy. He's got things going on. You want to pick the right time to have the retirement press conference and make the announcement. Well, that's fine. But three weeks and one day ago, he told Sean Payton was under the impression it was a week to a week and a half away. Now, maybe he was wrong. Maybe there was a miscommunication. Maybe circumstances have changed as to the timing of the announcement. But or Until was the that... announcement is made, maybe the circumstances have changed as to whether he is going to retire. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I think about. I, I, you know, as of course, you know, we get the text from Pete late last night as far as what what the rundown is, and you start to think about these type of things, and you know, I the, the one of the things that at least popped to my mind was just like, I mean, was was Drew Brees, you know, a little taken back by the fact that. Sean Payton made that comment and tried to put pressure on the situation there. You know, as we've seen over the last year or so, Payton has made many messages, cryptic messages. You're right to go like, hey, yep, you're right. He's pushing buttons to kind of let you know. I feel like he's really kind of trying to talk to Drew and his camp to go like, this is the last year, right? Right? Like he's trying to say that. And uh, I don't know where this goes. This is going to be interesting. It really is because, yeah, it looks like, you know, with between what Mickey Loomis said, now now he gets a million-dollar contract. The fan base is like, well, of course we want to bring Drew Brees back for a million dollars. I mean, oh, that would be great and all that. So the pressure and everything goes back to the Saints now a little bit, and they're stuck here. So I'll be very interested to see where this goes. But, you know, a lot like Big Ben, there's just, you know, there's signs you know, here with Drew Brees, a legend. Awesome. I mean, I'd do anything to have Drew Brees' career, do anything. But I think being realistic too, you know, he's not the strength of the team anymore. That That is where I guess I'd want to say. He is not like teams aren't going into playing the New Orleans Saints going, oh man, we're playing Drew Brees this week. Man, we got to defend every part of the field and how do we stop them and do all of that? No, that's shifted the last few years. It's certainly not that way anymore. And I think we could, you know, we certainly could argue his inability to stretch the field and do things like that are certainly part of the reason of their, you know, underwhelming playoff performances the last few years. So that's where this this conversation gets, you know, very dicey, interesting, controversial, everything. 49 regular season wins over the last four years, and they haven't made it to the Super Bowl. The only team to win that many games in a four-year stretch in the regular season and not get to the Super Bowl. But I can't help but wonder whether or not Drew Brees witnessed what Tom Brady did in the postseason. It's a good point, Mike. that the Saints swept, and it's just gnawing at him. It's driving him crazy. Good point. I can't walk away with my last game having been a loss at home to a guy that I swept to a guy that I'd previously been what five and two against. It was some something skewed. It was like that. You're right. Right. I can't. I that can't be the last chapter of my career. I and and he had a horrible passer rating that day. Thirty eight and a half, I think, was the number. That can't be the last chapter. He can't because I I think that Drew Brees is setting himself up for years of torment, wondering what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And even if it's just a matter of him coming back saying, hey, look, Sean, I'll share the job with Taysom. You know, I'll be be the first and second down quarterback. You pull me on and off the field whenever you want. I don't care. Taking the $1.075 million, if he's using that as a precursor to saying, you know what, I am going to play, that's a gesture of, I'll do whatever you want. I just want to be part of a team that I still think is in this window to win a Super Bowl, and wouldn't it be great if we could find a way to maximize the assets we have and and get to a Super Bowl and win it? And he's 41, and Brady's 43. And, you know, we had the graphic up of the average target yeah. down the field. It's not like it's dropped dramatically. Drew Brees hasn't dramatically changed in recent years. It was the 2018 season in the postseason when they had that play drawn up for Ted Ginn and he underthrew it 
We've known for a while that Breeze hasn't had the ability to get the ball down the field. And maybe secretly the Saints have been wishing and hoping, or at least Sean Payton wishing and hoping that Breeze will move on. But I, 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 I look at it this way. If, if there's chicken salad to be made out of this situation, Payton can do it. And if Breeze decides he wants to play, what Peyton has to ask himself is, do I finally have the talk with him or do I say, right. fine, let's do it? Right. That, that's, that's the question that Peyton's going to have to resolve if Breeze really is having second thoughts about something that we were led to believe is inevitable, then again, maybe it never was inevitable. Maybe someone was just trying to speak it into existence. No, I, I mean, it's, it's, you're right. Sean Payton might have to have that talk with him. Uh, I, you know, again, even that, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know. Again, I grew up in an era too, where when you got to this point too, that it was nothing wrong with going, no, you're going to have to win your job in training camp next year. You want to come back? All right. Well, you're going to have to compete. We're going to see. Taysom Hill. You literally grew up. You saw it with your dad. I know. He ended up almost on the Browns. I know. Over it. I saw all of it. I mean, we saw Joe Montana get thrown out of the window, the, the door by the 49ers. Like, see ya. Great. You won four Super Bowls two years later. Get the hell out of here. We're moving on. I mean, we've, we've seen it everywhere. Uh, it's just not part of this era. But either way, you know, I think what's, you know, like you, you hit, you hit it the, the nail on the head. He's never been like a big time arm or anything like that. There's there, there's no doubt it's not been. But I do think within the last two to three years, it's become a little alarming because you know three years ago he could still you still had a like oh you know he might throw the deep post or the go route here. You know we can't just totally disregard it. You know we're getting to the point now where hey we got to throw it deep. We bring Taysom Hill in. Hey, we got to throw it deep and we need a touchdown. Bring Jameis Winston in off the bench to throw the trick pass. Like, that's where it's gotten to. And there's too many games where you go, forget the deep passes, the 40 and the 45 yarders and all that. There's too many where we came back on Mondays during the year and we went, the 15 and 20 yard passes were barely getting there and they barely have enough steam on them to you know get in a window or do anything like that and to me that's where it's concerning as compared and I don't like sitting here saying this I really don't I don't even feel comfortable saying saying it about Drew Brees because he's so awesome but that's just that's the way I see it and you know me I study football and watch these guys all the time and um, that that's the problem for the Saints and their offense right now well this thing was supposed to be automatic, and it's been anything but. And until it's done, it's just like Ben Roethlisberger, to kind of finish where we started, until we get the announcement that a new contract has been reached securing Roethlisberger's status for 2021 in Pittsburgh, it's possibly going to fall apart. Until we get the announcement that Drew Brees is retired, it's possibly going to fall apart, and he's possibly going to try to play, and the Saints possibly are going to have to tell him, Sorry, that ship has sailed. Right. And then Drew Brees is going to have to ask himself a question that he has resolved many times over by saying he would never play for a team other than the Saints. Would he play for a team other than the Saints? And I think this is a far cry from last year with Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers because I think for the same reasons Ben Roethlisberger would have a hard time finding takers right. elsewhere. At this point, yes. you know, three years ago when Drew Brees became a free agent, and decided to stay with the Saints and not look around, I, I, it would have been a no-brainer. I was saying Vikings should sign him instead of Kirk Cousins. Right. I was saying it loudly and clearly. I don't know that that same sentiment is going to be out there for other teams given where Drew Brees currently is. He's 41 years old, and that 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 arm strength, that window, that range has been shrinking. Right. Uh, I, and I, I just I don't see it happening that he would go anywhere other than New Orleans. He is an icon in New Orleans, which makes it all the more delicate for the Saints. It definitely if does. If he decides he wants to give it one more go. That's where, That's where. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, th that's the difference in that situation. Like, you know, Brady and Rivers last year, when teams evaluated them, there was still enough to go, man, they, they make plays. Brady's arm's still strong. Okay, yeah, he might have been reluctant to throw the ball down the field to some underwhelming cast of characters at receiver and do all that, but you could see there was still an arm to make plays and do that. Rivers, you know, two years ago, his last year with the Chargers, there was still a number of plays where he went, wow, damn, that was a good play. Holy cow. Um, even Big Ben, there's a little of that still to where you go, whoa, that's damn good throw. Whoa, he could – Big Ben's is more about – 
is, is his health going to hold up? Or his legs going to hold up? Is he going to hold up? Is his elbow going to hold up? Breeze is truly about, ah, I don't know if there's just enough juice there on film. And that's where I think it's Saints or bust, uh, to your point. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how Sean Payton and the Saints approach this whole situation. All right, let's take a break. We know Tom Brady will be back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he needs knee surgery. Bruce Arians, coach of the team, discussed yesterday how long until Brady will be back to 100%. We'll talk about that next here on Pro Football Talk. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Here's how you turn a negative into a positive. Not that it was all that negative, but Antoine Winfield Jr. In response to the Week 12 deuces that were thrown at him by Tyreek Hill, threw the deuces at Hill once it was obvious that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would beat the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. $7,815 fine. Antoine Winfield has matched that fine with a charity donation, which is awesome. And the Buccaneers are matching it as well. So more than $15,000 is going to go to a middle school in Tampa. Now, Hill has been fined in the past. There's this argument going around that Hill has never been fined for throwing up the deuces right. on his way to the end zone. I interviewed him about it several years ago before he ever was fined for it. In 2019, they got him for it at least once. Ten grand plus was the fine then. And and the, there's a difference between – I'm not defending it. There's a difference, though, between when you run to the end zone and you kind of throw that up on your way right. to the end zone and getting in a guy's face and sticking the fingers in his face because the whole purpose of the rules against taunting are to prevent the kind of behavior that could start a fight on right. the field. And what Winfield did is more likely – to result in pushing and shoving and punching and kicking and everything else that goes along with fighting than what Hill does. Although Hill should have been fine for it every time. It's taunting every time. Yeah. And it's amazing the number of those that get missed. But when you go right up to a guy after a play and it's just you and him. Right, and you're in and his you face. And you stick your fingers right. in his face. Right. It's unavoidable that it's going to get flagged. It's unavoidable that it's going to get fined. And it was worth every penny for Antoine Winfield because he was waiting all those weeks for that opportunity to give it back to Tyree Kill after right. seeing the deuces in week 12. That's right. And he made all that extra playoff money so he could he could afford to throw a few, you know, dollars out the window. But I I, I see it like you do. I mean, yes. You know, by the letter of the law it's taunting, but I look at it more as like it's not to anybody specific. It, it's like Deion Sanders high stepping into the end zone when he used to get a pick six or return a punt return for a touchdown. You know, was he taunting people? I mean, I guess by the letter of the law, he could. He was, you know, we see lots of guys do things as they get close to the end zone. I mean, we've seen Marshawn Lynch, you know, jump up and grab his crotch and do all that type of stuff, right? I mean, is that taunting? No, he's just doing something cool as he runs he's into been the fine. end zone. He's been fine I know. that, though. Well, that's a little that, that, crazy, and I don't want to see all that. That is against the rules. Yeah, but, yeah. but I don't think it's personal what Tyreek Hill's doing. So I, I hope they don't find him for doing that until he gets up into somebody's face and does it. That's a different story. That's the thing. He's so far away from the defenders typically <laughs> right. at that point that when he throws up two fingers, you really can't tell who he's throwing them up at. And and now that they've dramatically relaxed the rules regarding celebrations, because it wasn't that long ago that it was no fun league and you couldn't do anything, yeah. couldn't use the ball as a prop, couldn't have joint celebrations. They really went the other way. So, awesome. okay, you can you can celebrate 
like it's 1999 when you get to the end zone, but you can't do anything before you get to the end zone on your way to the end zone that would be kind of like a pre-celebration. I think that just makes it a grayer area. Yeah. But you get yeah. up in a guy's face afterward, and look, it, it's 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 meaningless. Like it's so much ink is being spilled over the contrast between Hill and Winfield. Winfield knew he was going to get flagged. He right. knew he was going to get fined. It was worth it to him. Yeah. And it didn't affect the game. He waited. He yeah, didn't do it, it was in the first half. Right. It was when when we all knew it was done. It's 31-9, right. to nine, the last gasp for the Chiefs with four minutes or so left. Interception in the end zone. Peace out. See you later, Tyree Kill. Uh, a little, a little karma, a little, a little. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Whatever it is, it gets a, it's a little payback for the last time he did it. And uh, I got no problem with it. And I think Winfield has no problem with the fact that he got fined for it. That's the thing. People say it's a no fun league because somebody gets flagged or fined. They still did it. They still did it. Right. Like we still got to be entertained by it. Yeah. Why? Why do we care if somebody's got to write a check out of their disposable income? to the NFL when that money goes to charity anyway. It's just an involuntary charitable contribution. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, and listen, it, it's football. It's a game of emotions. Sometimes that gets to you. And it, it, you're right. He just he had him, he had him in his sights. He, he was mad about what happened earlier that year, and he was going to wait for his moment to get him back. He did. And if you watch TV or watch the game back or anything, Tyreek Hill's smiling when he's doing it. He's going like, okay, yep, you got me. All right, in my face, blah, blah, blah. But – uh, you said all the right things. So, but what? What now? What? What are we gonna talk? We gonna talk about Brady? Well, let me add. Let me yeah. just add this real quickly. Yeah. You know, it could be in the NFL's interest to change the name of the fine to something that better connotes where the money goes. You're right. It's almost like a swear jar. You know that 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 that, that not that you don't want to encourage the behavior that that would be punished financially but the one thing that rarely gets discussed is this money goes to good causes this isn't getting stuffed into Roger Goodell's pocket he doesn't get a bonus at the end of the year for the number of guys who are fine he doesn't get a cut of it the money all goes to charity and the good idea do mike enough. they they need they need they need it maybe if they come up with a different word for it People won't get as triggered when someone gets right. fined. They'll just say, hey, it's more money for the swear jar, and that money's going to go to a good cause. Yeah, All right. I like that, Mike. I really do. I can get behind that. I think that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, well, that, that guarantees it'll never happen if we suggest it. They'll, <laughs> they'll be even more determined not to listen. Here's uh, Bruce Arians. Listen to him on Tom Brady's looming knee surgery. I think he's probably looking somewhere around June uh, right now, uh, from what I'm hearing. Um, but yeah, I mean, his leadership—he doesn't have to be out there throwing it anymore. He can just—he can be standing there coaching the shit out of them. So where, wherever they meet and, and work out, I—I'm I, hoping we have an offseason for the younger players. Uh, Tom doesn't need it, but for the younger players, the the first, second, third year players, we've missed two years of, of player development uh, with where we're at now. We don't need to miss another one. So. Uh, I mean, for him, he can learn as much standing and sitting in my golf cart as he can out there throwing the ball again. So it, for me, it's just a matter of hopefully having uh, those practices. You know, I would prefer a wider shot there. So this would have more force when I say you can't hide money. But it's, there's just enough. We had enough of a glimpse enough. of Bruce Arians' house. It's a nice can't shelf, nice fireplace. It's can't, looking can't good. Can't hide money. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, he didn't use that money. cheap, uh, that cheap Florida rock like you used in your <laughs> house. <laughs> uh, but but he's I mean, he's right. I mean, come on. You and I both know, you know, but Brady doesn't need practice like like, you know, the rest of football at this point. And, you know, he'll probably still be able to throw here. I would think sometime in the near future. You know, you just don't want him in the mosh pit of you know, offensive linemen or doing anything or having to make just any sudden moves or anything like that. So he'll still probably be able to work on his craft to a degree. And yeah, practice is not a necessity for Tom Brady in, you know, April and May. There's a report at some point after the Super Bowl from Ben Volan of the Boston Globe that once we know more about how bad the knee is, it will add to the legend of Tom Brady. Tread lightly, Tom Brady, because you may get Bruce Arians fined and Jason Light fined and the team fined or contributions to the swear jar for not properly disclosing or not disclosing at all that Tom Brady had a knee injury because his his name never appeared on the injury report with an actual injury at any point this year. He got some rest days. Other than that, he was not injured, according to the injury reports, all year long. So tread lightly. Tread lightly, yeah, you're right. Tom Brady. Let's take a break. Uh, when we return, why hasn't J.J. Watt signed with the team? Plus some responses to our draft 
from yesterday regarding artifacts we'd like to own. More PFT live right after this. All right, we put out yesterday the question for the artifacts oh, you would like to own, and there's the Tom Dempsey shoe. He he kicked the 63 yard. I field thought goal, about both the of these for a long time. The to I, I love the Larry Zonka, that U bar that was so distinctive. The Brian Cox oh, that's neck good roll. One. How about the Steve Grogan? The Steve Grogan oh, neck that roll. Is I'd go for that. Joe Horn's cell phone. Yeah, love that yep. one. The, the index card, which really wasn't an index card. It was a folded up piece of paper, but it was called an index card. Gene Sterator yeah. determining whether or not a first down had been reached in Dallas oh. in the Raiders game. And PFT commenter, the Wizenator. There is a story there that, yes, is, there is. that is too complicated to tell. And Chris Sims' spleen. Chris Sims' spleen. Yep. Somebody, one of our friends from the UK would like your spleen. I've asked you before, where is the spleen? I, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know. The garbage, a landfill? I don't know at this point, you know? It, from everything I was told, you know, after surgery, that it, 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 was, it was mangled, right? I mean, you know, they tried to laparoscopically, um, you know, go in at first with me and try to repair it that way. And then I think once they got in there, they went, whoa, okay, this is really bad. And then, you know, I got cut right down the middle of my chest. And they had to open me up completely because I had so much blood in that. So, yeah, I don't know where that is. I don't know. Um, and the Wizenator one's very good. That I, I like that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was one of the first responses we got when we put the question out there. All right. J.J. Uh, Watt still doesn't have a team yet. Now, I'm seeing a report that multiple teams are offering 15 to 16 million a year. I'm sorry. I'm not buying that one. I'm just not buying that one. That's a face saver because J.J.'s yet to sign a contract. 32-year-old defensive lineman with uh, an extensive injury history in this climate with the cap going down multiple teams have offered 15 to 16 million per year i don't buy it chris it's not it's not passing through the bs detector for me i i i don't know if i buy it either to me it seems like propaganda i think he's, he I, I do think there's a number of teams that are interested in his service certainly i mean he's still a good player but that price tag at this point of his career you know, the injury history, all those things. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that. To me, that sounds like it's uh, his agency. Somebody got a hold of somebody, put that out there, and hopefully they, you know, drive up the market price a little bit. But I, I'm with you. I don't know if I buy that either. I haven't gone all the way down the rabbit hole on this, too. One yeah. thing to keep in mind, some of these – some of these reporters are represented by the same firm that represents some of these players. That's a valid so point. You never know when that is tainting one of these reports. And and if they, if someone was going to pay him fifteen to sixteen million, Chris, the, that's all the more important that the Texans should have tried to trade him because he wouldn't have had to adjust his contract that much to let the Texans get a late round draft pick right. for what was left on his deal. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.